Good morning and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick Jay and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from North Carolina. Today is Monday, January 23rd, 2023. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter We Agnostics today on page 56, the fourth paragraph, beginning with thus was our friend's cornerstone and reading through God had restored his sanity. Today's readers are Ginger C. in the 12 Steps, Kelly K. the 12 Traditions. Our big book readers are Penny E. in the text, and A. on page 164, and Susan S.H. is our backup reader. Our newcomer greeter is Loretta M., and our second-hour moderator is Maria F. The share ID for Sunday, January 22, 2023, is 19,876. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Ginger C. to read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Ginger. I will now ask Kelly Kay to read the 12 Traditions of OA. Twelve Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 
Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to remute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter We Agnostics on page 56, the fourth paragraph, beginning with, Thus was our friend's cornerstone, and reading through, God had restored his sanity. I will now ask Penny E. to begin reading. Thank you, Rick. Good morning, everybody. Thus was our friend's cornerstone fixed in place. No later vicissitude has shaken it. His alcoholic problem was taken away. That very night, years ago, it disappeared, save for a few brief moments of temptation. The thought of the uh, thought of drink has never returned, and at such times a great revulsion has risen up in him. Seemingly, he could not drink even if he would. God had restored him to sanity. Wow. Okay, well, my name is Penny E. I live in South Jersey, and I am recovered. Grateful to be here today and read this uh, paragraph. So there's so much, of course, uh, but I'm going to hone in on this. God has restored his sanity. Uh, what a gift. What a gift. I, ha- I have a, a grace that I, that I say every day at, at every meal, and it's thank you, God, for this food. Thank you, God. It's the same amount. It's the same selection. It's the same time. It's the same place. It's the same reason I'm eating it. It's the same manner. And I'm maintaining the same body size. 
So the same amount, I no longer eat like a whole quart or a whole box or the whole pizza or the whole dozen. I weigh and measure everything I put into my, in my mouth. That's sanity to me. God has given me that gift. I eat the same selection. I know I no longer eat from the three major food groups, sugar, flour, fat, you know, chocolate, bada beam, bada boom. Um, I eat food that's on my food plan, and I don't deviate. Thank you, God. I eat at the same time today. I don't eat one meal all day long, starting as soon as I uh, open my eyes and, you know, going to bed with the crumbs on my chest. I eat at specific times. I have a breakfast, I have a lunch, and I have a dinner, and I have a metabolic. It's, it's, it's sanity. Thank you, God. I eat in the same place. I mean, I used to take food into work in my pocketbook into the bathroom and eat in the bathroom so that people couldn't see that I was eating, you know, three candy bars at a time, eating in my car, and while I would come to a red, red light, I would put the food down so the person beside me wouldn't see that I was eating. I no longer do that. I sit at a table like a lady of grace and dignity uh, and eat my food with utensils, not my fingers. I eat for a same reason today. Um, it's not because I'm lonely or I'm sad or I think somebody insulted me or it's none of that. I eat because it's what my body needs. It's just, you know, it's what my body needs, nourishment. God wants me to have a nourished body. I eat in the same manner, too, today. I no longer am shoving food into my mouth with, with my hands. Um, I eat in a peaceful way, slowly, and giving my body the nourishment it needs. Sometimes I even, I live alone, so sometimes I even light a candle. I can have soft music on. Uh, and the other thing, which is absolutely sane, and I'm so grateful, is that I maintain the same body size now. I'm no longer 237 pounds or 20 pounds underweight. You know, I went both ways. I could go both ways. But now I, I, I'm maintaining about 110, 110 pounds uh, for many years now. Thank you, God. That is sanity. And more than that, I don't know how much time I have. I guess whatever. But Just more a reminder. Okay, thank you. Uh, emotionally and spiritually, I have been restored to sanity. I no longer run the show. God is my... Is my, co is my coordinator, my uh, choreographer. He is my choreographer. Trying to please God on a daily basis is the single most important thing I do. Helping people, it's not always about me, 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 me. Thank you for letting me share. I love you. Have a beautiful God-filled day, everybody. Thanks. Thank you for getting us started, Penny. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Tanya D. Uh, who was that B, sorry? Tanya. Tanya, Tanya B. Okay, Tanya, I got you. All right. Who else would like to share on this? Priscilla H. Priscilla H. Linda D. Nancy Linda R. Nancy R. Riska R. Riska R. Ginger C. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. Who is this? Ginger? 
Thanks. Got you, Ginger. All right. Here's who I've got. Tanya B, Priscilla H, Linda D, Nancy R, Riska R, and Ginger C. Sorry if I missed you. I think I got everybody. Um, what we'll do is go ahead and start off with Tanya, followed by Priscilla. Go ahead, Tanya. And uh, don't uh, forget to include your state when you introduce right. yourself. Um, this is uh, Tanya D, recovered compulsive overeater in um, Illinois. And um, really good reminder that it is, you know, our higher power that restores us to sanity. When I think about all my attempts to eat normally prior to um, coming to OA and working these steps, it, it never worked. There's no way that I um, could have done it. Um, it really did need to be something greater than myself. Um, and uh, I really needed to be beaten in a state of reasonableness, you know, before I could contemplate turning to that higher power because I was um, an atheist, uh, you know, a convinced uh, atheist when I came into the program. And if it hadn't been bad enough, I wouldn't have um, contemplated this chapter, which was actually, you know, really good. It, sh it showed me how much I had lacked in humility, like this guy, you know, a couple paragraphs before. It says the thought comes, like, who are you to say there is no God? And that had really struck me as well when I um, read um, this chapter. Uh, for me, the, you know, restored to sanity was more gradual um, than his, as I think it is for uh, many of us. Um, I uh, first got the, you know, ability to not eat compulsively. The obsession was there for a while, but eventually as I uh, worked through the steps, um, you know, had the gradual spiritual awakening, um, the obsession lifted too, and eventually, um, it took me many years, actually, of abstinence to get to a point where I, uh, I felt food neutral, but that did happen. But you know what, to me, actually, even just the miracle of not p picking up, right, because that, that's what I really came for. I mean, I also think the have not having the thoughts there um, was important, but to have the temptation as it, as it describes and to kind of recoil from it rather than to follow through with it, you know, to not have this strange mental blank spot where I think about food and then I have some reason to go and, and pick it up. But when the thought comes to be like, whoa, I really need to call somebody or I really need to slow down or to get out of this situation, you know, whatever it is, that to me is also a restoration to sanity, right? To not think, oh, um, this looks good. Uh, okay, well, I'll just have one, right? Because that is my insanity that I cannot um, just have one. Um, and I'm really uh, grateful for the sanity today. And it's also, the paragraph also reminds me that I can maintain it as long as I, um, you know, keep practicing uh, the principles and, and keep working the steps. And most importantly, you know, keep my higher power uh, close because um, I am still powerless um, over over food. Um, I'm just not not in it, and I'm restored to sanity. Um, thanks for letting me share, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Tanya B. Priscilla H., you're uh, next by Tina D. Go ahead. Hi, thanks. This is Priscilla H. Uh, in beautiful, rainy New Jersey. <sighs> Grateful to be um physically recovered and 
mentally and emotionally and interpersonally and every other kind of way recovering. It's an ongoing process. And um, I love this paragraph. I love this paragraph and the and the end. I, I don't particularly love the whole chapter of We Agnostics, but I love the these last few paragraphs of it. I like to say that God introduced me to sanity rather than restored me to sanity because I don't think I ever was sane. Um, I'm I'm not sure I even know what sanity is. I fell in love with sugary substances in infancy, I do believe, as far back as I can remember. And even though there wasn't a great deal of it available in my childhood, uh, what I... What I was able to get, I loved, and I loved the memory of it, and I loved the anticipation of it. Um, Life was an act for me. Life was putting on an act until I I did decide to act as if I believed there was a God, because I didn't, but I decided to act as if I believed there was, and, and that's when the God of that I call my my best friend today began to introduce me to sanity. I'm still at age 86. I'm still uh, learning what sanity is all about. I think today it's it's about honesty, for one thing. That's a big thing. So I'm I'm learning to be more honest, emotionally honest, interpersonally honest, and at the same time I'm learning to be caring, genuinely caring, not putting on an act of caring about other people, and taking care of myself. Um, That's important, too, and I could go on and on, but I won't. So thanks for letting me share. Uh, Have a good day, everybody. Thank you, Priscilla H. Linda D., you're up next, followed by Nancy R. Go ahead, Linda. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. I live in Connecticut, and I'm. It's such a gift and a privilege to be on this meeting in particular, to be in OA, and to be on this meeting because this is where I learned so much about how to be a human being, not a not a machine that tried to function. I um, the thing that jumps out at me in that uh, reading is the word revulsion. Uh, when I looked in the mirror, I'm five foot four and very, well, now I'm less, but five, I was five foot four. I'm probably five foot two now and very petite. And I was 276 pounds. I've also been underweight by accident because I had an infection. I didn't know I had it. Um, I've, I've run the whole gamut of being self-destructive. I this is my personal opinion. I'm in a 12-step program because I'm self-destructive. And um and I lived in a world of shame. I choked on it every single day and I didn't know how to be to look in the mirror and love the person. Love the person that I am. And I do love the person that I am. I don't always like what she's done. I can be really annoyed, really pissed off with what she just did. I go to God. I was an atheist. 
Now I go to God because God really, 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 truly showed up. No kidding. Oh, boy, the whole dazzling but hard work. This is hard work to learn a whole lifestyle. This lifestyle is intuitive and it's grounded in love. And and a very, very key part of it is self-love. Love of God, love of self, and giving to others out of that fullness of self-love. And it's a, it's a daily task. Wow, what a gift, a new life in a world that is really screwed up. If you look at the news, you don't want to look at the news. Thank you. I'm, it's such a gift to be with all of you. You teach me so much every day. You help me to live a good life, a healthy life. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Nancy R., you're up next, followed by Riska R. Go ahead, Nancy. Nancy. Good morning. Oh, oh, there you are. Hi. Thank you. Good morning. It's Nancy R. from uh, Northwest Illinois. I'm a recovered compulsive operator and so very grateful um, for to be able to say that and to be on this meeting this morning. Um, I haven't uh, checked in uh, for a few days, and so I wanted to um, just uh, connect with all of you. And, um, you know, I just feel really grateful. Like, what a promise this paragraph is. It's just truly miraculous. Like, how did this drunk just changed so dramatically um and you know it it's his seems to have been fast mine is not that way but i have experienced the same dramatic change um i wake up every day untreated with this disease and i'm so grateful that i get that um that i live in these steps today because I have lived in this disease so many days and felt so hopeless and empty. And this morning, uh, my heart is filled with gratitude. I um, spent a few days last week on vacation with my adult daughter, and um, we traveled well, and we shared moments and we had an amazing trip and I couldn't have done any of that without God, without this program, without having, you know, I, I, I ate my abstinent food and wow, what a miracle. Um, what a miracle. And so I just feel so grateful today for the life I have because of living in this solution. Um, God had, God has restored me to sanity and continues to restore me to more and deeper and deeper sanity and relationship with my higher power every day. And uh, thanks. That's all I have. I pass. Thank you, Nancy R. Riska R, you're up next, followed by Ginger C. Go ahead, Riska. 
Hi, good morning. It's Rivka R. from Baltimore. Um, wow. <laughs> I am so blown away by the by the shares this morning, as I am usually every morning. Um, and I was just so moved to share by the... Um, by the lead share, thank you so much. It just, uh, boy, did I, have I, I relate to, to everything that was said um, and the insanity that I, I lived in, not being able to, you know, get from one store with, to another store without a, a bag or a box is something that I was stuffing in my face. Um, <clears throat> we, I lived in, uh, in Israel for four years, and we, and we, we lived uh, like. We had to. I had to walk up a um, like four stair stairways uh, that went round and round to get to my home, and the the stores were at the bottom of the stairways, and my apartment was at the top of the stairways. And I used to to get food to stop on each level between you know um, at, at each level to stop and eat because just to get up the next stairway, um, and to not be in that place today is. Uh, to, to be able to live with connection and to myself and not in that horrid shame, it's connection with my higher power, it's connection with other people, um, is just it's just it's just a whole new world and it's amazing. And I was looking at the words in this paragraph: our friend's cornerstone fixed in place. And I looked up Cornerstone. It says the fact or thought that forms the principal foundation or support upon which a development makes a beginning. And, yeah, I can take that Cornerstone and I can just, I can throw it away. I can just, and, and go straight back to insanity again. Um, and what keeps me sane today, keeps me connected, um, is is such a, um, a surrender to um, my higher power that keeps my focus on the principles and values that I care about today. Um, and I'm so, so grateful that I can live a principled life today instead of a life just... Um, blown back and forth by feelings and and living in a way that that is just totally self-destructive um and one another line here no later vicissitude has shaken it no later difficulty has shaken it i have been through so much abstinently and i've been so through so much not abstinently and it doesn't really matter what's going on out there it always matters just a reminder Thank you. What's going on inside? Um, and so, just thank you, God, and everybody for helping me be in that place of connection today. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Riska R. Ginger C. You're up next, and we can get some more names. Go ahead, Ginger. Good morning, and thank you, everyone, for doing service. Ginger C., a real compulsive overeater. And thank you, God, doing for me what I absolutely do not do because I am a real compulsive overeater and I eat and I eat and I can't stop once I begin. And I'm just so grateful to wake up another day out of the food. And more importantly, today I don't want the food. And I love this restored to sanity because 
uh, this relapse has been hell and getting back has been harder, but it's my life. And I know it, this is death. I smell it. And, um, I'm willing to go to any length to fight, to stay here, to keep out of the food. But I got clean and I got sober, like super clean out of the food. So much so I only drink water today. I'm not even having coffee. And so I'm having these three meals. I eat them with not too much time in between, only about five hours. I sit down. The food is extremely quiet. Yet my head was still talking and obsessing on chocolate cakes and whipped cream and frosting and ice cream and crazy. And it was driving me nuts. And I was not restored to sanity. And I was like, what is going on? I can't even be more clean and clear with food. Yet this food is still on top of me. And I would talk to my sponsor and ask, what's going on? I just don't get this. And last week, I was outside and just feeling so bewildered by these thoughts. And I finally did the most important thing. I think the thing that a lot of us forget, going to God. How about you pray to God, Ginger? How about you ask God, please remove this obsession? And that's exactly what I did. I was out walking my dog, and I just got honest from the soul. Please help me. And ever since then, this obsession has been down. And it's only been since last week that I will take every minute of it because it was driving me crazy. And so my message, anyone who's suffering, just don't stop and keep going. It is hard. It is painful at the beginning. The beginning days suck. And the good news, if you don't eat today, you won't have to go back and have to go through them and repeat it. And just like Bob's beautiful message, it took him two years. But the man never stopped the practical program of action. And he died sober. And that's my goal. And with that, I pass. All right, Ginger C., and she is in Colorado. Before we continue our second group of names, we are in the chapter We Agnostics on page 56, the fourth paragraph, beginning with, Thus were our friends cornerstone, and reading through, God had restored his sanity. And though we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who else would like to share today? Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. All right, Pamela. Russ M. Got your press. Julie P. Julie. Larry K. PG. Larry. And there was somebody, right, it, um, when Larry... Blanca. Uh, a, Bianca? Blanca B.G. Mm-hmm. How do you spell that, Blanca? Uh, B-L-A-N-C-A. And that was B.? Uh-huh. Blanca BG, yes. BG. Okay. Blanca, anybody else? Here. Hey. I, I didn't quite get you on that one. Sorry. Terry J. Terry J. Is that T-E-R-R-I or Y? T-E-R-R-I. Terry J. Trisha C. Sorry, who? Trisha C. Trisha C. Okay, that's a good lineup. 
So here's who I have. Pamela P, Russ M, Julie P, Larry K, Blanca B, G, Terry J, and Tricia C. Please remember to include your state when you introduce yourself so we can look you up in the member list. Pamela P, you're up first, followed by Russ M. Go ahead, Pamela. Yes, hi. My name is Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Uh, when I read that paragraph, yeah, I never was an agnostic in because I would believe God sent one little girl. Um, presently, my life, I know God wants to be every aspect of my life. But right now, I am relapsing. It's just been horrible. I was doing so good with recovering. I lost a landmark. And I'm struggling. I gained like five and a half pounds and I'm trying to lose it. And then the gym closed called Small Fire, and now it's snowing. And and then other things that are evil boy me. So it it has been horrible. I had a great sponsor. I got a great fellowship. I get a lot of calls. I make calls. I work the step uh, with my sponsor and. I you know, I do what I need to do. I, I, I read a bit book, I write stuff, I do whatever I need to do. I'm drowning now, but I know God is dear and I can't give up before that miracle happen again. And so it's up been a, a constant struggle. Um the gym is very important to me because it's the way where I'm at, I live in the mountain, I can't um like don't go out so much so uh, I don't drive, so the gym is the only place I go, and I really look forward to be there. And then when it closed, I close, and they feel horrible. So I'm I'm just trying. It's it just um, a lot of trigger, a lot of reminder, PTSD for my childhood. It's just, uh, it just been horrible, but I'm not going to give up before the miracle happens, and I'm going to press on. Um, and I know God did for me. So my birthday tomorrow, and part of me, you don't want to see it, and part of me do. So I don't know what place now. So I pass. Thank you to let me have voice today. All right. Thanks so much, Pamela P. And again, a reminder that uh, if you've shared within the last uh, three days, then we ask you to hold on to uh, other people. Russ M., you are up next, brother, followed by Julie P. Go ahead, <laughs> What's up, Rick? Hello, everybody. Good morning. Russ, I'm recover compulsive overeater um, and PA. So I, I kind of think of what Priscilla was saying, you know, like I was never like the same. <laughs> I still a little bit meds and meds, you know, I'm still half and half still with life. But I, I when I step back and look, how, 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 what changed? How the heck do I have six years clean? How the heck can I go out and eat and eat the portion that I need and have it all set up and prepared? And how can I go a day without going on a, a you know a food crack binge? How, how come my wife and I we're we're, t- we're best friends? We're best friends. My kids and I. I stole from my children. I stole from my children. How come that's repairing? It's only one one way, one possible way. Someone higher than me. 
granted me grace, fixed me up, dusted me off, and said I'm worth living for. And 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 you know what? I was a Mister. You know, I'm the greatest Christian in the world. I could tell you how to live your life, but I was like a piece of trash. You know, I was living double life, dual life. And in the end, what when I only when I the only thing that would save me was believing in God. I had no other option. So it didn't come to me from a from a bright bright light. It came it came from a pain, excruciating pain. Yet I sit back and I say, you know, life is not perfect. Obviously, anybody that has any long term recovery knows life life still happens. But I'm free right this second, driving to work, man. And the only reason why is because of God. Yes, the twelve steps, the fellowship, vision for you, the big book. My sponsees, my sponsor, good-looking sponsor at that. Yet it all led me to God, and I have to, and I got to still fist fight in a way. In a way, I have to work just like I go to the gym, or I put time at my office, or I put time into my relationships. I have to put that time into God every day. That's the only way I'm free. And uh, I can't believe it. So if it can happen for me, it can happen for anybody. Just you got to feel some pain, and I don't know. I can't figure it out. I know that it's a miracle. It's a straight-up miracle, and that's that's all I got. It's it's a miracle. You guys have a beautiful day. I love you. Have a, have a nice day. Thanks, Rick. We love you too, Russ. All right, Julie P., you're up next, followed by Larry K. Go ahead, Julie. Good morning, everybody. Julie P. recovered in Minnesota, who has temporarily transplanted herself uh, as a winter Texan. If you're a newcomer here, I really want to take the time to welcome you. Um, I know when I first found this meeting, I was like, wow, could this be real recovery? I love this paragraph where it says his alcoholic problem was taken away. It's like, that just seems too good to be true. Um, Those sweets were everywhere I wanted to be, and I found them. And I have to tell you, really, if you're a newcomer, I am on um, day 227 of abstinence, and I would have never in a million years believed that could be possible. And I am truly grateful for that. Um, I've been through a lot of change. Uh, retirement, uh, new, new environment, um, a lot's going on, but the food neutrality is still there. And I'm so grateful that my higher power goes with me wherever I am. And for that, I feel blessed. And for this meeting, and please just keep coming back. The miracle will happen if you put the time in. Suit up, show up, and speak your truth. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Julie P. All right. Larry K. Come on in. Coming in, Rick. <laughs> Doors open, right? Good morning, everyone. Right. I'm Larry K. I'm <laughs> Larry K. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from uh, Chicago. It's good to be here. You know, I was going through of my mom's things she's and um one of the things that i that i that i, that I noticed was there was some old silver you ever go through it like old silver it looked like uh candlesticks and so forth and it 
it wasn't shiny by any means. It sat in a box and it built up all kinds of residue on it and all that. It, it hadn't been polished. And um, can you can you bring? And that's that's how I came to. Did you come to recovery that way? That's how I came to recovery too. Although I didn't know that I was full of residue and also you know that that God had created some sort of silver underneath, but it was blocked off. See, our our collective recovery is like a gem. It's like silver, and and we get the opportunity to polish it every day, or not. And there's a there's a metaphor about perception because I think our perception is important. It, it lends itself to illustrating the idea of moving forward with these steps, and it's supported in the Big Book. And through pain, we hear again and again about people who trusted in a sequential process of action. You know, spiritual in nature, and it led to the unfolding of a spiritual awakening. But rest assured, it's got to be polished. It's got to be polished. And and the metaphor is about a, a weight of a glass of uh, a glass filled with water, the weight of it. And the question is, how heavy is this glass of water that I'm holding? And from my perspective, the absolute weight of the glass is irrelevant because it really depends on how long that I'm going to hold that glass of water, because if I hold it for a minute or two, it's pretty light. But if I hold that glass for an hour straight, its weight is going to make my arm ache a bit, right? And if I hold it for an entire day, my arm's going to likely cramp up and it's going to feel completely numb and paralyzed. So in each case, the absolute weight of the glass doesn't change, but the longer I hold it, the heavier it feels to me. And I see the parallels. Do you see the parallels with the glass of water and how folks, you know, how they work the steps and polish this recovery, our worries, our fears, our resentments, our disturbances of character are just like the glass of water. And, and if we think about them a bit longer, you begin to feel noticeable pain, emotional and physical. But if you think about them all day, how about for years? But with our creator's help, we uncover, discover, and discard. That's this program of action. It's not just coming to learn on this meeting, although that's important. We've got to get into action and trust in this sequential spiritual process and polish that silver so that it can shine bright. That's the way God wanted it to shine, I think. At least the God of my understanding. I'm going to keep polishing. I'm not a good polisher. I don't have the but, but I'm going to keep polishing. With that, Thank I pass. Much. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, thanks so much, Rick. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much, Larry K. Blanca BG, you are up next, followed by Terry J. Go ahead, Blanca. Hi, good morning. Can I be heard? You sure can. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Blanca BG from Central Florida. Um, I just uh, felt inclined to share because I've been a little bit on the downside um, uh, emotionally. I think um, just from things that have been happening in the world, I'm finding that I'm I'm getting very uh, affected by these things. Um, you know, I, I try not to watch the news and I try not to, um, you know, to uh, I try to remind myself I cannot hear the world, but it's hard. And the reason it, I'm sharing is because uh, with emotional distress, the food is not far behind. So... I, you know, I'm um, I'm trying to uh, to remember that to stay grateful 
in gratitude no matter what. And then again to remind myself that I can't I can't fix the world. And more and more I feel like I want to. <laughs> I don't know how when that started. It might be a good sign, you know. I think it's a sign that OA is finally um, running uh, my life. You know, I've gotten out of I, I, I uh, to the tune of me, me, me. And um, more concerned for what's happening around me and uh, things of that nature. But I am um, having a, a little bit of a, of a rough time, uh, a rough patch here. And I must remember to uh, not sit on the pity pot. You know, that's dangerous, very dangerous for me as well. And um, to remember that uh, I have to let the past go. That's a lot of my eating is because of the past and things I didn't do and should have done and could have done and all of that stuff that's coming back, which reminds me that uh, that's the monkey on my back. That's the addiction. It's always there doing push-ups in the parking lot, as they say. But thank God I have this program and my brothers and sisters, all of you, and your words are so inspiring and once again provide the hope that I need that if they are there and they are are happy and spiritually fit and of sound mind, body, and soul, then I will be too, as long as I keep coming back. And on that, I will pass. Thanks, Blanca BG. Terry J., you're up next, followed by Trisha C. Go ahead, Terry. Good morning. This is Terry J. in Michigan, the winner Water Wonderland. Grateful to be on the line. Thank you for uh, your service. Thank everybody that has shared. And just grateful. I just feel grateful this morning to be on this meeting. I'm grateful, grateful, grateful. I'm grateful that um, the God of my understanding led me to Overeaters Anonymous somewhere around the end of 2012, early 2013. I don't know the date exactly, but I know it was around that time. And I'm grateful that Overeaters Anonymous is leading me to the God of my understanding, one day at a time, one second at a time, moment to moment. It's happening. And um, this paragraph that we read today has really Uh, taking on new meaning for me. I have hope today. I'm grateful for hope. Uh, Recovering one day at a time. That's all I have is today. Tomorrow is a done deal. I'm sorry. Yesterday is a done deal. Tomorrow is not even promised to me. So all I have is today, and I'm going to stay in today. I understand that for my program to be successful, I have to put in the work, and that means all the work. I can't pick and choose what parts of this process I want to do. It's not up to me. It's up to the God of my understanding. That's how he's laid it out. That's how it works for uh, others on this line, so I'm no different. I am a compulsive, obsessive overeater, abstinent and recovering from this deadly disease. And, and yes, yeah, so I can't pick and 
Thank you. I, I can't pick and choose what I want to do. Today I'll use the tools that work for me and those that I don't want to do. I'll use those as well. Thanks for letting me share. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Terry J. Tricia C., you're up next, and then we'll get a couple more names. Go ahead, Tricia. Thanks, Rick. Good morning, everyone. Thanks to everyone doing service. This is Tricia C., recovered in New Hampshire. Um, okay, so thus was our friend's cornerstone fixed in place. And then it says his alcoholic problem was taken away. So I guess I better figure out what the cornerstone is, right? Because I want my alcoholic problem to be taken away. And I'll tell you, it has been. I mean, what does that mean? My alcoholic problem is taken away. My, yeah, the food obsession has been taken away. That's the recovery part, right? I, I'm, yes, the 75 pounds, absolutely. But the, I don't, I've recovered from a hopeless state of mind, mind and body. I'm not hopeless anymore in mind and body. But so what's the cornerstone? Well, we got to look back up a little bit um, before this where it says he lived in conscious companionship with his creator. That's his cornerstone. He lived in conscious companionship. And it says on 51 that the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of our lives. So that's what my cornerstone is, the consciousness of the presence or the conscious companionship. And so if I look back even farther here on 56, it says, who are you to say there is no God? So where am I still saying there is no God? Where am I not getting the quietness of the food in my life? Because I've said this before, today, you know, the thing that's the quietest in my life by far, like not even close, is the food. The food is the quietest thing in my life today. There are other things that are not so quiet, I got to tell you. Um, obsession over things, decisions, etc. right? So I'm saying there is no God when it comes to making my decisions or when it comes to, I don't know, scheduling my day, scheduling my sponsees, whatever. I get a little spinny, a little whirly, as my friend likes to say. And I, I am I still saying there is no God in certain areas of my life? I think that's the question for me today. Like, I want this, what it says, I want to be overwhelmed by the conviction of the presence of God. How much more does he have to hammer it into my mind that that is the most important thing? And guess what? Thank you, God, for these steps. Because without this book and these steps and my fellows, I could never have opened to the presence of God. The presence of God was always there. But am I, do I have consciousness of presence of God? Do I feel God's presence? Do I take direction? And then do I go to God for power? Someone said to me the other day, this is exhausting. How can I do this? How can I look for my defects? And how can I turn it over? How can I turn over my resentments? And I said, well, guess what? We not only look to God for the direction, but we get the power from God also. Otherwise, yes, it's exhausting. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Rick. Thank you, Tricia C. Okay, we're going to continue on. Uh, we've got room for uh, one more share, uh, maybe two. Um, who else would like to share? Jackson B. Jackson B., go ahead, and then we'll see where we're at. Go ahead, Jackson. Okay. Uh, 
my name is Jackson B. I'm in Virginia. Thank you all for this program. Um, I've been here for three months on and off. Um, if you're new, you're in the right place. Um, I've had um, about five weeks of abstinence, and believe it or not, that was through Christmas in the fourth, first of the year. Uh, that's unheard of for me. Um, since becoming abstinent and working through the steps, uh, my relationships have improved, my uh, friendships have grown, and the number of people that I engage with has grown. I, I no longer seek isolation in this world, and um, you know, I, I don't, I don't need some of the things that I was doing before. I've had memories come back from positive times in my life that I've forgotten because I was in the fog of the food, so to speak. So um, I, I really am grateful for this program and the people that are engaging with the service here. I, it's been a it's been a weird ride so far because I've seen so many positive things, and because I engage with my creator so much throughout the day, it's hard to ignore the clear signs that he is there, and that is something that I think a lot of people are missing out on. Um, you know, I, it's been a Anyway, so I, I've been going to church more, and I've had three clear moments over the past three months where I was like, okay, this is my spiritual spiritual experience. This is what I've decided, what I've heard and given clear instructions that might give myself purpose. I was purposeless before this program, but now I've really seen my purpose, and that purpose is service. So if you're new and you're struggling – and you don't know what to do, reach out to people, go to meetings, hear the story. And if you decide the program uh, isn't for you, it's free, so you didn't waste any money. Um, but if you do decide this, this is the program for you, I promise you it works. It works so well. And with that, I pass. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, Jackson B. Genesee, I, I heard you in there. Uh, you've got about a minute if you want that, um, or you can wait for the second um, hour. Jenna, did you good want morning. to share now? Or? Yeah, good morning. This is Shanna C. from uh, Recover Compulsive Overeater from oh, Tennessee. Sorry. I'll be real quick. Yeah, that's okay. It happens all the time. Thank you, Rick, and thanks to everyone who shared. Um, I'm just uh, – when talking about the overwhelming conviction and presence of, of God, one one of the things that really helps me in the big book is to go back and re, read the spiritual experience. I know for me, I have had deep and effective spiritual experiences that have revolutionized my attitude and outlook toward life. And I've also had little things here and there. And thank God that the consistency of the steps and the directions are always the same, solutions always the same. <laughs> over time, when practiced over and over, you know, especially now uh, after, you know, food being down and, and getting through the steps and living in 10, 11, and 12 and making amends as I go along, you know, that, that stability starts to come and I become a much more manageable person. Um, but the, ha having those clear, concise directions and following them. And what happens is it does get me into that presence of God. I had a God shot this morning. I'm doing prayer and meditation. I'm reading a thing. And it's all about the presence of God had no idea what we're even reading in the meeting this morning, but it was talking about entering into the presence of God, the 24-hour day meditation. And right as I start to pray the prayer of the day, asking to be in the presence of the Lord or whatever, 
an alarm goes off on my phone that has a song to it, and the song is uh, Way to Live by Steve, Steve Winwood, The Presence of the Lord. If you're interested, look it up, but it's Steve Winwood. It was unbelievable. I started crying, and I had to with my husband. Thank you so much, but this stuff works. I'm telling you, um, it's not a theory. It's real. That's all I have. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much, Shanice. All right. Thank you to everyone who shared. Beautiful meeting. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, January 23rd, 2023, is 19,877. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Anne A. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Rick. Good morning. My name is Anne A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.